The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Evelyn uh, Deakhouse was nine. Hallie Scruggs was nine. William Kinney was nine. Cynthia Peake was 61, as, as was Mike Hill. And Catherine Kuntz was 60. They were the six people that died yesterday in Nashville. Evelyn, William, and Haley, nine years of age. Haley Scruggs, by the way. Her father is Chad Scruggs, who is the pastor of that church. Um, and so this just uh, just continue to remind you and me of the need for prayer here. Catherine Kuntz who was age 60, was the head uh, of the Covenant School there in Nashville. But Haley Scruggs, one of the three nine-year-olds, her dad, she's the only daughter, uh, the dad, was the pastor of that church, uh, the PCA church there in Nashville. This was a friend of his, John Becker, on Facebook wrote this. I saw this this morning. Weep with those who weep. Pray with me for my brother, pastor, and friend, Chad Scruggs. As he faces the incomprehensible loss of his sweet daughter Haley in today's shooting at the church he pastors in Nashville. There are no words, only grief and hope, hope in the only one who makes all things new. My prayers and the prayers of my own church family are being lifted up today for Chad and Jada, for their family and for the Covenant Prez Church family in Nashville. Also, please pray for our many mutual friends in Dallas at Park City's Presbyterian Church where Chad and I met when he was serving there in RUF and then uh, PCPC. There are so many broken hearts this day. Where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, John Becker finishes his Facebook post with this. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And uh, obviously that's uh, operable. Uh, it was yesterday and it is today. On the other side of all that, you have, uh, like I mentioned yesterday, this is from a, a liberal writer who, uh, after he tweeted this, he pulled it down. NBC has ID'd the Nashville sh school shooter as Audrey Hale, who I, 28, who identifies as transgender and had no previous criminal record. Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. Now, why, why go there? Well, it's because of this. Here's here's a, a tweet that Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire put out. Always remember what happened at the Covenant School. Remember what happened to those innocent victims, to those children. We are facing a truly demonic evil. Never forget that. What is he referencing? Well, demonic evil, period, because we know that the, the, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? So it's demonic at that level. It's demonic because it's children, which I'm sure Satan takes uh, unique pleasure in. It's demonic because of the demonic activity and the whole trans conversation. 
as well as the LGBTQIA plus conversation in general. But particularly in the trans conversation uh, today, that one's kind of at the front of the line. And uh, did you see this? This was from uh, the girl, the 28-year-old, to her, uh, a, good, a longtime friend of hers. They actually played basketball together at that school when they were in sixth grade. And this was at 9.57 a.m. yesterday morning uh, in an Instagram uh, message back and forth. So this is the, the, the murderer the girl that was obviously uh, troubled at every level imaginable. So this is what she says to her friend. So basically that post I made on here about you, that was basically a suicide note. I'm planning to die today. All caps. This is not a joke. Followed by four exclamation points. You probably, you'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. This is my last goodbye. I love you. See you again in another life. And then she signed both her given name and then her, taken name as a transgender thinking she was going to be a boy. Audrey, her friend says, you have so much more life to live. I pray God keeps and covers you. She says, I know, but I don't want to live. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to upset you or get attention. I just need to die. I wanted to tell you first because you are the most beautiful person I've ever seen and known all my life. And that was it. That was an exchange at 9.57 a.m. at 10.13 a.m. yesterday, local time at Aaron Nashville. The 9-11 call went out at, at uh, 10, by 10.27. Uh, this girl was dead. And if you've seen the body cam footage that came out this morning of the incredibly courageous, effective, professional men in blue that went into the building clearing out the first floor. I mean, from the minute they, they get in the building to the minute they shoot her, the one guy with the Assault rifle shoots her first a couple times. She goes down. Then, then it seems like when you're when you're watching his body cam and then the other guy, another one of the police officers, that, that literally when she was upstairs in a common area shooting through the windows at the police and they got up to her and the guy with the, with the assault rifle, the police officer with the assault ri- rifle fires twice, she goes down. And as they move in on her, they're yelling, don't move, don't move. And then another police officer with a handgun fires four times. And at that point... Uh, she's obviously dead. And, and and from the minute they w- walked in the building, cleared out a bunch of rooms on the first floor and got up to her was like uh, three minutes, two minutes, three minutes. And they just when they got to the common area where she was, they had to come around a corner and you're watching the body cam footage. And this guy comes around the corner without delay and sees her. She probably pointed at him. It's hard to see. And he fires twice and she goes down. And then the other two other cops are coming around and then one of them moves closer. They're yelling at her. And she obviously was still moving and then he shot her four times and and that was it and uh and what bravery and professionalism and selflessness they exhibited and so praise god for the literally hundreds of thousands of police officers in this country who are just like that because there's about 750,000 police officers in this country uh, th- that are on duty and uh okay yeah, I, I, we all know for a fact, just based on human depravity, that some percentage of them shouldn't have a job today, at least not in that field. If it's 5%, that's 37,500. If it's 10%, that's 75,000. So even if it's 5% or half of that, we're still talking about tens of thousands of police officers that shouldn't be on the street tomorrow. But that's a tiny portion of them. The vast majority of them, I believe, are like these brave men that went into Nashville and put an end to that carnage. There's a lot more to talk about here as this story unfolds. We must remain prayerful and humble 
and needy because the Lord provides the only answers. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble. Just uh, another reminder, let's continue to pray for those in uh, Nashville, All everybody affected by this. I was reading uh, the note from the shooter, a transgender, who, uh, a woman uh, who went down the transgender road, used to go to that school, and her note uh, to her friend when saying, I, I know, but I don't want to live. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to upset you or get attention. I just need to die. I wanted to tell you first, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you're going to hear about it later on the news. And, and you know, that the harsh reality of that is, okay, uh, if you need to die, then you can do that. You have the autonomy to do that. I don't believe you have the right to do it from a Christian perspective, but you certainly are, are autonomous. And, uh, and, and, but that's not what she did. She went into the school. She killed three nine-year-olds. She killed three people in the school, 60-year-old adults, one of which was like the headmaster of the school. And then she shot at cops. So if you want to do death by police, suicide by a police officer, you don't have to kill nine-year-old kids. So once this manifesto comes out, and I hope it gets released, then we'll be able to see more into this heart of darkness. And, 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 and evil, demonic, absolutely no question about it. Incredibly broken. Yes, no doubt about it. Mental illness. As soon as I say uh, transgender, then mental illness is on the table. Okay, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's what it is. That's what it's been for years. Gender dysphoria, that can be a real thing. There's a lot of transgenderism going on right now. That's just a social contagion. It's just another way for young people to virtue signal. I'm open-minded. I'm this. I'm, I'm not drawing any lines anywhere. I'm past all of that. That's the progressive agenda. We're, we're moving forward, and uh, it, it's crazy. Diane uh, on Facebook Live uh uh, it's a girl, Audrey, it's a girl, okay? Trans man, which means when you, after the trans, you say trans man, the man is the target. That's what you, what you think you are, what you want to be. So a trans man is a woman. A trans woman is actually a man, okay? That's the deal there. And then there's a lot of questions that you have to uh, ask here. And, and Clay Travis from Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, who took over Rush Limbaugh's slot, had some great questions. He tweeted this. I thought this was, this is, these are questions that need to be asked and need to be dealt with. But because we're in the COVID world and the progressive world, I, I doubt that any, any serious effort is going to be done here. Not by the left, not by the mainstream media. It should be, though. So here's some questions that he had based on the situation. Uh, number one, was she on transgender medication? Hormone therapy, like that, okay? Because... You're trying to figure out what what happened here. Was she on transgender medication? And number two, if so, does that medication increase the prevalence of violent acts? Like there's, you know, there's all kinds of medication out there and it says it's going to cause this, kind of the side effects may be. So there's that. Three, has anyone studied this connection at all? If not, why not? Same reason nobody wants to talk about the adverse effects from the COVID shot, right? Same reason. Because there's an agenda at play here. There's the spirit of the age at play here. Number four, which doctors, if any, were treating her? Because doesn't the doctor have a responsibility and all of that? If there's a, a real downside to the medication, if, if it can cause some kind of manic activity, manic thinking, I think a doctor would be uh, advising his patient of that. Number five, have we studied how trans medication might interact with other medications she might have been on? Again, these are all, the, again, these are all basic, honest questions journalists would ask given these. Uh, there appears to have been no violent behavior in this woman's past up to this point. What changed? Those are great questions. Those are great questions. 
But the mainstream media, the federal government largely, the left progressives don't want to go there because that interrupts the spirit of the age agenda, which is a reordering of, of God's order. That's a re, that's what's going on. That's Satan. And just reordering, deconstructing, reordering everything. And so transgenderism then becomes the next virtue signal to show how progressive and open-minded and flexible you are, how non-traditional you are, which now is a virtue. And so they can't go down any of those roads and, and attempt to that anything that might shoot themselves in the foot, they cannot do it. And that's Romans 1. You suppress the truth, you replace it with a lie, no matter what. And you drive that lie bust into the ground. You stay on it no matter what. Same thing with COVID. Once they put their t- cards on the table, there's so much pride, they cannot change their mind. They cannot. They just can't do it. And then you get this. This is crazy. I mean, again, this this satanic evil. Nashville, this is uh, Daily Wire. Nashville school shooting. Journalists mock prayer drag show ban after Christian school massacre. After a shooter killed three children and three staff members in a private Christian school in Nashville on Monday, some journalists, columnists, entertainers, and activists turned their ire onto Christians and conservatives for banning drag shows for kids. Left-wing sports writer Mike Wise seemed to agree with a tweet that sympathized with the transgender shooter, Audrey Hale, 28, whom police say attended the school as a child for being a victim of intolerant brainwashing through religious indoctrination. Right, that's exactly why it happened. I don't condone Audrey Hale's actions, though I understand their outrage against an intolerant state that brainwashes children through religious indoctrination. Their outrage, meaning the trans community. The reality is this human still identified as that child attending that school and carried that pain into adulthood, a Twitter user wrote. This is as deep and as real as it gets. Thank you, Wise wrote in response. Others attack Covenant School and those praying for victims of the tragedy. Progressive talk show host David Pakman mocked the Christian school for not praying enough. Quote, very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school, given that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. Is it possible they weren't praying enough or correctly, despite being a Christian school, he asked? And then he deleted that tweet. Gun control activist Shannon Watts of Moms Demand Action also seemed to blame the victims as well in her tweet. If prayer alone worked, there wouldn't have been a mass shooting at a school where they, where they pray. Do your blanking job, she tweeted. Television show writer Lee Erishan scoffed at prayer while ridiculing the state's move against drag shows. Quote, Dead, maimed children equals thoughts and prayers. Drag queen story hours equals impassioned condemnation and priority legislation. The thing is, if we gave an assault rifle to every drag queen, the GOP would make story hour a national holiday, he tweeted. ABC News journalist Terry Moran was accused of blaming Christians and Republicans after he highlighted how Tennessee, quote, banned transgender medical care for minors, as well as a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators, after a series of drag show controversies in the state during his report in the school shooting. Several others balked at Tennessee banning drag shows and gender surgeries for children instead of guns. Newsweek tweeted, drag shows and gender-affirming care for minors were banned in Tennessee this month while assault weapons remain legal. See how they draw moral equivalence there? Model and top chef television host uh, Padma Lakshmi 
also complained, quote, but drag shows and gender-affirming health care are what get banned in Tennessee, as opposed to guns is the point. Civil rights attorney and Harvard Law Clinical instructor Alejandra Caraballo mocked, quote, Thank God Tennessee protected the children from the so-called horrors of drag and gender-affirming care so they can be shot up at a school by an AR-15 instead. YouTube talk show host Brian Tyler Cohen agreed, writing, In light of three children getting killed in a school shooting in Nashville, remember that Tennessee Republicans have squandered their time in office, banning drag shows under the pretense of keeping kids safe. Okay. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. You want to understand what's going on in this culture? You want the Cliff Notes version? Romans chapter 1. Over and over and over again. God help us. I heard the news. I know the pain of a heartbreak. Well, I don't know the pain of this type of heartbreak, what's happened in Nashville. I hope I never do, and, and I hope none of you do, but I'm sure some of you have. And the thought, the, the only nightmares that have ever really messed me up, can you check the screen behind me? The only nightmares that have ever, ever really messed me up were nightmares about my kids. So if, that, if that's a reality for you, I'm so, so sorry. And I just pray that that, the Lord has ministered to you in a, in a powerful and, and meaningful way. I know that's his, I know that's his heart and his desire. Uh, but it's just, you know, I come in here and talk about this stuff cause I feel like we need to talk through it and, and talk about certain angles from a Christian perspective. But I, I mean, I'd rather not. These, these are the days when I, I don't like being here. I don't like doing this, but we need to talk about it. And the Lord's put me in this position. So I'm, I'm just trying to be, obedient to that okay so so the the other kind of the other dark side of this uh is something that i heard about just the other day i did a little research earlier today and, and it's been going on for a few years but uh here's this article this once again daily wire which some of the left are trying to blame for because matt walsh those guys are in nashville okay and matt walsh did a big event downtown nashville and was pushing back on the on the state and then the state banned all the transition stuff for minors, which you should because a 14-year-old isn't in a place where they can make that kind of decision with any kind of level of maturity. Plus, if they're transgender, that, there's, a, there's a mental health problem there anyway, by definition. And the answer is not a scalpel and drugs. It's a lot of therapy, and a lot of prayer, and a lot of help, and a lot of love, and a lot of patience. <clears throat> but when you, when you push back on that stuff, you're pushing back on the idol of the left you're pushing back on the spirit of the age, and the spirit of, age, of the age does not take that idly and doesn't take it sitting down, which is why you get this. Trans radicals plan a day of vengeance in D.C. alongside firearms training. Now, how dark is that? And this is a March 6th article, okay, a couple weeks ago. <sighs> Lord help us. A group of, oh, by the way, in the fourth segment of the show, uh, we had a listener call in to Truth Radio uh, left a, about a two-and-a-half-minute message, uh, really upset about some things I said about Donald Trump the other day. And uh, this individual wanted me to deal with that message on the air, so I'm going to do that. I'll play the message. doesn't give a name, so there's no issue there. They called in, and so it's just like having a caller on, so there's no issue there. I'm going to play that, and then I'll uh, give you my response. We'll do that in the fourth segment. 
A group of transgender activists is planning a day of vengeance in Washington, D.C. for March 31st through April 2nd while raising money for firearms training this week, according to its online materials. The Trans Radical Activist Network, or TRAN, said on Twitter that the time is now. Enough is enough. Wow. And uploaded posters to TikTok that said, we want more than visibility. Trans day of vengeance. Stop trans genocide. How do they come up with, you want trans genocide? Go to Iran. You want trans genocide? Go to a Muslim country that enforces Sharia law. You'll get some trans genocide there, but you're not getting that here. But the point is, when they say this, stop trans genocide, it's because if you don't uh, uh, accept and affirm and champion and take their side, if you're not an ally, then you're part of the reason why uh, the suicide rate goes up so much for transgender people and, and a lot of homosexuals as well, but specifically transgender people. And so you, it's your fault, Christian. Save the date, April 1st, 11 a.m., March 31st, to be announced. The self-professed Virginia chapter of the group said on Twitter that it would host a dance party at a Richmond club on Tuesday to raise money benefiting firearm self-defense training for trans Virginians. Come boogie with us and defend trans life. Isn't it interesting what life they'll defend and what life they don't give a rip about? Please, Lord. We hope to see you in D.C. or online. The time is now. Enough is enough. This country is full of hate, and hate is not welcomed in this country. What are they spewing here? Oh, yeah, that's right, hate. We are human beings, and we will always exist. You are all worth it. Let's unite. Hashtag trans day of vengeance. I wonder if they were cheering yesterday. The National Group's website for the Day of Vengeance says, quote, like the Stonewall riots, the, the gays and lesbians were experiencing what the trans community is facing now. This cycle of hate needs to end, and in fact, it must. Allies, siblings, we need you now more than ever. I was a radical revolutionist. I still am a revolutionist. I am glad I was in the Stonewall riot. I remember when someone threw a Molotov cocktail, I thought, my God, the revolution is here. The revolution is finally here. Sylvia Rivera. Tran will be hosting an event in D.C., time and location to be uh, announced. The online event will be hosted, blah, blah, blah. If anyone's interested in organizing in their state, please fill out the contact form. The group's website says one of its co-founders is Noah Buchanan. I am a transgender male and have been out since 2018. I have 10-plus years of working in the mental health field. What motivated me to start Tran, again, what's Tran, Trans Radical Activist Network, was the fact I was bullied to the point where I attempted to end my own life. The person that bullied me was a fellow member of the LGBTIA plus community. See, moral chaos always ends up feeding on itself. Buchanan did not return a request for more information. It says another co-founder is Sakura. As a graduate of a high school in Hiroshima where 350 young lives were brutally taken on August 6, 1945, Sakura is an anti-nuclear, anti-war human rights activist. After his brief marriage to his best friend and the birth of his child, he first came out as a lesbian at age 29 and as a transgender man at age 50. That's why you see the mixing here of gender stuff. There's, I mean, more and more stuff in here. Okay. And it's just so dark. Everything's spiritual, friend. Isn't it? It is. Which is why we cannot pray enough. Who cares about the mockers? You guys prayed and you still got shot. That's right. That's not God's fault. That's mankind's fault. The person to blame yesterday is, number one, the woman who chose to go in there and in, in, in a way to get herself killed, uh, decides to kill three nine-year-old kids and three adults and then gets herself killed in the process. That's who you blame. Her and Satan. Now you got to go out concentric circles and, let's, and hopefully we'll figure this out. 
How, how did she fall through the cracks? People weren't noticing. People weren't reaching. At some level, people aren't reaching out. They're not noticing. They're not doing anything about it. Just why I said yesterday, and I'll remind all of us again, we need all, all of us need to be on the lookout, especially because this issue is such a big deal right now. Anybody, you know, listen, let me just tell you, with all these students I teach every week, I, I, asked, uh, I asked it recently. I said, how many of you know somebody personally in the, that, that's a part of the LGBTQIA community? These are all Christian homeschool kids, all high school level. It's 75, 80% all the time. It's everywhere. And of the Gen Z, their age group, basically 15 to 24. About 30% of them now identify as LGBTQIA. The homosexual community in America has never been bigger than 3 or 4%. And now it's growing in that, in that youngest generation, which is why I'm glad I'm in there trying to help them develop a biblical worldview. And you might have noticed the other day, this was in the, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Patriotism, religion, and hard work hold less importance. No kidding. Some 38% of respondents said patriotism was very important to them, and 39% said religion was very important. That was down sharply from when the journal first asked the question in 1998, when 70% deemed patriotism to be very important, and 62% so of religion. So we've gone from 62% of people, of respondents, to this big poll in 1998, said religion is, is important to them. Now it's 39%, almost cut in half. The share of Americans who say that having children, involvement in their community, and hard work are very important values has also fallen. Tolerance for others deemed very important by 80% of Americans as recently as four years ago has fallen to 58% since then, which is why all this were intolerant. They claim tolerance. Many people claim tolerance, but they're radically intolerant, which is why you get that trans radicals uh, day of vengeance. That the, and they claim they're searching for tolerance, but they're about anything but and so in a nation that's just continuing to go down this road, this is just the natural fruit of that. And it's heartbreaking. And, and ultimately, is it the church's fault? Well, each, each of us will. It's a point for men to die once and then face the judgment. We're all going to face the judgment. Now, if you have Christ, then you no longer have to worry about being judged for your sin. That's over and done with. When he said it is finished, uh, he was telling you the truth. It's finished for you that way. So for, for us in Christ, it's about rewards, faithfulness, okay? But if you're not in Christ, it's judgment day for you. Every single thing, every single thought, word, and deed, things done, things that you should have done that you didn't do. Like Paul cried out, Romans chapter 10, I think. I do what I shouldn't do. I don't do what I should do. And that day will come. And, and judgment day will come for all of us. And I... I Sometimes in my flesh, I'll, I'll actually move towards delighting in that. These people deserve it, blah, 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 blah. Such were some of you. I'm like, yeah, that's me. I deserve hell. I don't deserve heaven. And so the ultimate problem in America is spiritual. And as the church, if we're not discipling our own, they're led away like sheep to the slaughter. And if we're not looking out for our neighbor, the people around us, if we're not willing to leave the 99 to chase after the one like Jesus did, then they fall through the cracks. And ultimately, if we're not sharing the gospel with people in one way or another, they can't hear the good news. I don't know. I'm not going to go down the road of Arminianism versus predestination. We're all called to share the gospel. Let's all look in the mirror tonight before we go to bed and ask how often do we ever do that? Because that's ultimately the only answer that's going to work here. All right, when we come back, we'll play that uh, rather angry listener who is mad at me about Trump, and I'll respond. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. And had a, uh, a listener called in. The other day I was talking about Trump and DeSantis. It was late last week. And a listener called in and uh, to the Truth Radio Network and left a message. A listener line, you can call in and leave a message. And wanted me to address uh, her call on the air. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this for you so you can hear uh, her concerns about me and, and the way I deal with Donald Trump uh, these days, which isn't very dissimilar at all from the way I dealt with him when he was the president. Uh, so I'll, I just want you to hear this so you kind of know what's going on behind the scenes and things to consider, and then I'll respond. And, uh, and that's how we'll finish up today, okay? So let's go ahead and play this. You got it? All right, fire away. Uh, yes, I am listening, uh, have been listening to the Truth Network for quite a while. Um, Steve Noble's show was just on, and um, I really did not appreciate how he really personally attacked um, our former president, and we hope our future president again, uh, Donald Trump. He may very well, you know, have some, we all have personality flaws. And uh, I think that that is not what it's all about. And Steve, pro, you know, proclaims to be a, uh, a Christian, uh, but I think it sounds hypocritical and very, I, I just think it's, it's very in very poor taste. We had a president, Donald Trump, who absolutely still loves this country. And, and basically, you know, he didn't have to uh, he didn't, as a matter of fact, he did it for hardly any money at all. And I think it's really distasteful for Steve Noble to, to chastise. I mean, I know that he was breaking down the Republicans and the Democrats and, and, and how people are thinking and all that. But if you put that message out, then there are sheeples out there who just listen to everything and believe in anything that they hear without using their own mind, their own brain. We've had our country where we had more money in our pocket. We had the lowest in the history of our country of unemployment, especially among blacks. We were not a divided country. We were happy. We were doing well. Our stocks were up. We had money in our IRAs. Taxes were not that high. We, had, we were making things in America. He was building the wall and having Mexico pay for it. And you bring down a man because of you saying he's a little bit egotistical? I think you better examine your conscience, really. And I'm talking to Steve Noble. I mean, I think it's very, I think that he needs to apologize on the air. Or at least bring this message up on the air. Because I think it's very wrong of him doing that. It certainly is not Christian-like. That's for sure. Okay. Not Christian like that's for sure okay let me go back to the top of this list <clears throat> personally attack former and hopefully our future president donald trump talking about personality flaws which we all have uh, oh i agree uh we all have personality flaws i have deep personality flaws donald trump has deep personality flaws the big difference here is donald trump has been the president and is running for the president again so his personality flaws matter on a national and international level, whereas mine do not. Mine matter to the Lord, of course, uh, to everybody. Uh, it, it, yours do, mine do, everybody listening. We're, we're all in that game together. 
all of our personality flaws matter. And the only thing that gets me out of hell in that regard is the blood of Jesus Christ, which is over my sin. So I don't worry about that. But we all should worry about our personality flaws. But when it comes to talking about Donald Trump's personality flaws and his attacks and his, uh, I think, childish behavior, uh, that's, th- that's the Steve Noble show where you're going to hear Steve Noble's opinion. And ultimately, if you don't like my opinion, okay, th- there's a pretty in- easy solution for that. Just turn the channel. Don't listen. And which is fine. I understand. That's the thing I love about America. You can have a caller that thinks I'm totally wrong and I can and I can think the caller's totally wrong and we both have that right protected. And we go on down the road. And if this uh, woman is a Christian, if she's my Christian sister, one day none of this stuff's going to matter. Okay, awesome. And I, I don't hate this woman. I, I don't. I mean, uh, this caller, this listener, I appreciated that she was tuned in at all. Okay, great. But I'm not the president of the United States. So personality flaws of his are a national and international issue. Mine are not. Uh, not what it's all about in terms of being a Christian. So she kind of brings that up a couple of times. Not Christ-like, that's for sure. It's not Christ-like to call out uh, flagrant sin. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and judge whether I'm going to see Donald Trump in heaven or not. I hope I do. I know some, I know some believers that have spent time with Donald Trump, and one of them, who one of the godliest, two of them, or most, two of the most godly men I know, one of them says, yeah, I, I think he's a baby Christian. The other one says, no way. <laughs> okay. I don't know. They don't know either. So I'm not, I'm not calling out the guy whether he's a believer or not. But I, I, as a former president and running for the president of the United States, he's a public figure, and we have every right to question his uh, decisions, how he acts, what he says, everything about him. That's all part of the deal. That's why libel and slander laws are loosened for public officials. They throw themselves in the ring. That's just part of it. Okay, it's not unchristlike of me to call out personality flaws or, or sin issues or things that I think are wrong with any public official. So I'm not going down that road at all. So self proclaims to be a Christian, and that's in bad taste. It is if I'm attacking him mercilessly and don't care about the guy as an individual. But that's not true. But the listener doesn't know me personally, so she wouldn't know that about me. Uh, he loves our country. He didn't have to run. It wasn't about the money. Well, first of all, it was never about the money. The guy didn't run for president. That's why when he said, all right, I'm not going to take the $400,000 a year to me. I'm like, okay, uh, I'll give you a tiny little bit of credit for that. But when you're worth three or $4 billion, $400,000 a year is nothing. It's a good political move. Sure. Makes you look good. And I, I don't know why he did it. I can't judge his heart on that. But to me, that wasn't that impressive. He, he wasn't in it about the money. He didn't, he doesn't need the money. He was in it because he thought he would be a good president and he wanted to be the president. And, and for anybody, uh, anybody that runs for president at some level has to be egotistical, right? Don't you? You have to, hey, I'm the guy. I'm the one. I'm the one that the country needs. I'm, vote for me because I'm the one that's going to figure all this out. So you're going to have to be pretty self-assured to do that in the first place. But the fact that he, he didn't do it for money, I'm like, he never did. So him, his, him not taking the pay for a grand a year was nothing to me. I personally, and again, I... Welcome to America. I'm allowed to have that opinion. Now, when she talked about sheeples, that was more directed at some of you guys than at me. Uh, Her point there, I think, was you have to be careful what you say out there in public because there's plenty of people that are sheeple that'll just hear what they hear what you have to say. They like you, assuming they like you, Steve, and you just tell them this and tell them that they're just going to go follow you. Well, uh, quite honestly, I, I think very few of you are like that. Now, that's just just a that's just a. I think that's just, I don't think she intended it to be an insult to everybody that listens to the show, but, but that's how I take it. 
like you guys are sheeples. And you just and Rush Limbaugh said this all the time. He goes, "Hey, well, hey, you think they, they're just mindless robots, right? And they just they just take their marching." Yes, Rush Limbaugh. Yes, Rush Limbaugh. I'll do no. I think the average Rush Limbaugh well, listener loved him, but they could think for themselves. You better be thinking for yourself. I'm sure you do think for yourself. So I set that one aside. Uh, and then she talked about how America was under Donald Trump. More money, lower unemployment. True, true. Not divided. Completely untrue. That's just inaccurate. Uh, things were incredibly divisive under Donald Trump because of Donald Trump. We're all happy. Stocks are up. Taxes are low. We're making things in America. He built the wall, got Mexico to pay for it. Well, in a certain way, you could make that case. Uh, and, and yeah, he did a great job for three years. Now, if you're going to, if I, if I'm going to grade Donald Trump from March to th- uh, in the last, you know, nine months of his presidency, I think he completely bungled COVID completely. And now he wants to take credit for the shots, Operation Warp Speed, which I think was incredibly immoral to pump the vaccines out there after nine months of clinical trials when it normally takes six, seven, eight, nine years. I think he completely bungled his final year in office, and I'd give him a D minus on that one. I was shocked at how Trump didn't lead. And he's going to have to be very careful now because he's, he's, got, he's got to own that stuff now. And then, of course, there's what the Biden administration is, so there is a line of demarcation, but uh, and so I got to examine my conscience and apologize on the air. I don't feel like I have anything to apologize for, so I'm not going to. I'll have to let God be the judge of my heart. If I'm attacking him in a way that's sinful, of sinful judgmentalism, then uh, I'm willing to. And, and uh, there have been other times when this has happened to me, phone calls, text messages or emails, uh, sometimes from just listeners that I don't know, sometimes from people that I do know. And and at first, this my first reaction, believe it or not, is. All right, I wonder if there's something here that I need to humble myself and go, mm, okay, be careful here. And and sometimes I, I am uh, rather disgusted by Trump's behavior the last few months, especially towards Ron DeSantis. And, uh, but I have to make sure that I am thinking biblically and can justify my positions in the things that I say biblically. And again, because Donald Trump is in the big game, He's he's opened himself. It's fair game to talk about the man. It's like it is anybody else, anybody else running for office. And that's just the deal there. And so God will be my judge. In terms of if my heart is wrong and I'm being judgmental or, or unnecessary or being condemning unnecessarily. I think one of the biggest chan- challenges here is uh, I think this caller hasn't listened much. I think if you've listened to this show for a while, you know me fairly well and you know my heart. Now, I mess up regularly. No doubt about that. But I think you know my heart. And I voted for him in 2016. I voted for him in 2020. And if he's my choice against Biden, I'll vote for him again. He'd be a way better president in a second term than Joe Biden would in a second term. No question about that. I just don't think he can win a general election. And I think there's reasons why he can't win the general election. And I'll continue to talk about them without apology. But God needs to judge me where my heart is wrong. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by The Truth Network.